0: Hey, qué que Welcome back to the podcast. Um, so we're three days from midterms, from the voting, and um, I think not only locally but nationally, it's like kind of exciting. Like everybody's like on their tip of the toes, trying to figure out what's gonna happen. Um, and like I said, even though nationally it's like big, like who's gonna win the house, who's gonna win Congress? Locally, we also have really important, um, you know, decisions to make. Um, whether it's your city council, whether it's uh, uh, county supervisors or IID. Um, and today we have uh, one of the candidates for IID Division Five, um, Ms. Dorma Sierra Galindo. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I would, I've would i been looking forward to this for some time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're three days away from the election. That we are. Um, it's it's. I think your race has, at least to me, has been more of a you know out there like, you know you and your, your your opponent have been going to doors posting signs. Um, it's been um you've you've had a couple of uh, um what do you call it lost the um debates
1: yes forums um, mm-hmm.
0: um I think I haven't seen any other um you know I D race uh doing that are you...
1: no because the other two races there were three altogether but the other two were determined in June oh, okay okay so the the uh, the one was it two or three no the, there were three geez I'm losing track of time there were three seats that came up and the three incumbents uh, ran. That would have been Division One, uh, uh, Salas, Director Salas, and then up in the North End, Director uh, Hanks, and then Division Five, which is Galindo, and but Salas' and Hanks were determined in June, okay, okay. so yeah, they they ended they ended, and what we did have as a result of that, we had uh, Director Hanks uh, retain his seat, uh, albeit by a relatively slim margin, but he did retain it, and then. Uh, Director Salas is, is uh, no longer going to be a director as of December.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, usually I start off, I, I got a little bit ahead, but um, I start off, you know, with um, my guests introduce, introducing themselves. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, because um, I, I know you're a Valley resident um, for most of your life, right?
1: Yes, uh, I was raised in the in the Holtville, Calexico area, although I was raised out in the country. So the areas where I lived actually are part of Hopeville, but all of my schooling after the my graduation from eighth grade was done in Calexico. Okay. So I have a tremendous affinity for both communities. Okay. Um, I, I, um, I teach at Calexico High School. I've been teaching there for 14 years. Uh, I did leave the Valley when I graduated from high school, as a lot of us do. And then a few years later, several years later, I came back. Um, my, both of my parents were at that time elderly and ailing. And uh, I had circumstances in my life that mandated I make a change. I was living in Arizona at the time, so I came back to the valley. And at that time, I started working uh, for Brawley Schools. And I just became such uh, a dear member of that community that... Um, I I just also have a tremendous affinity for that. And I would like to thank Dick Fergali. I don't know if he's listening, but everything that I am now was because of what Dick Fergali did for me when I came back to the Valley. Okay.
0: Um, And then, uh, you know, when did you get into, you know, the... The political? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that uh, that's been more or less in my, uh, I don't know if I should say if in my genes or in my blood. We don't have politicians or in my family. And I prefer not to be called a politician. I prefer to be called a statesman. And the reason for that is because I do believe in making and uh, implementing policy, whereas politicians, um, you know, they, they just walk around and spew rhetoric and, and, and that is not me at all. Uh, but I, I was, uh, quite active in my high school. Um, and I, um, uh, I was, and I, I will backtrack just because I think all of this builds to what you are, what you ultimately turn out to be. But I was valedictorian of my um, my graduating class at Jasper, and I was awarded the American Legion Award of Leadership. Um, then, when I came to high school, I was uh, the first. Uh, Mexican uh, ASB president, female, not Mexican, female, because Calexico had lots of Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was the first female ASB president that the school ever had. So, uh, and then also I participated in Girl State, which was also sponsored by the American Legion. So that gave me um, an opportunity to understand and become involved in, in issues of politics. And during that time, of course, it was the Vietnam War, so it was a very contentious time for a lot of us, and many of us, including me, did not understand what was going on. Um, And then fast forward to my years in college and my years after that, um, I ended up living in Arizona, uh, and uh, I returned to Imperial County in the late 80s. And that's when I, again, became, you know, when you leave the valley, and you come back, regardless of the amount of time you're gone, it's like you never left. It's like a time warp. (laughs) Um, Most of the guys I went to school with are now either immigration officers or cops. Uh, The girls are uh, teachers. And and so we all more or less followed our trends. But uh, when I returned uh, to the valley was when we were um, uh, contemplating issues of selling the water for the first time the issues with the Bass Brothers, uh, and, and those that know about water sales will know, which was just a, a, a group of uh, very, very, very wealthy uh, people from Texas who came in and actually purchased a lot of our land with intention of not farming it or develop, developing mm-hmm. it, but actually selling the water. Because those that are futuristic in thought, always see what's 30 years down the road yeah. and we've taken water for granted forever because we do have the largest allocation of water in the valley uh, actually the valley actually in, the in, in, in in all of the Colorado yeah mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know uh, when we look at the at the droughts and we look at what's coming we look at the building of the coast how much San Diego has grown how much uh, 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 Riverside County has grown People are looking at so what is it that you need? Well you need the land to build, but you need the water. Yeah So that's when I started um, I started uh, becoming engaged and involved. It did take many years after that, uh, but when Anthony Sanchez was uh, director, this was before we redistricted. I was very concerned about his policies um, or the lack of. Mm. Um, you know, Anthony uh, uh, was not, in my opinion, uh, truly representative of of our community and what our community mm. needed to do. And he was very easily swayed by the uh, special interest. Mm. So I did. I ran against him once and lost to him by just a handful of votes. Um, so then after that, two years later... Um, he had to resign, and then I, I then said, well, okay, this is the opportunity again. I already have a base; my name is out there, and and in be, in between this, I had already uh, because I was in education, I had uh, been elected to the community college board of trustees. Okay. So you know, you put all of that together, and you 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 have the knowledge, and you know the people, and you definitely know the issues. So when I ran uh, to t- to take over Anthony's seat, uh, I did win and I won significantly. But that was only a two-year term because it was only to finish
0: yeah, his term. His that.
1: term, and so then I ran again for the first full term, and I won again. And so this would be my second full term. I am right now concluding my sixth year as. So, uh, as director okay so if
0: if if you get re-elected it would be your second full it
1: will be my second first. is term. there a limit for how many times there you is can not re- no oh. not yet um you know they talk a lot about term limits personally i believe that term limits are set by the voters and when the voters finally decide that that they do not want a particular candidate then they vote them out yeah uh but yes i, I do have uh and I, I would like to like i said earlier continue and try to finish what i started in the last six years um wh-
0: because a lot of people don't really don't um, know the importance of ha- um, you know the IED you know is to our community. Like mm-hmm. n- like you said, water is really um,
1: it's the lifeblood.
0: Yeah. Um, so like w- um, if you kind of like dumb it down, like why is it important to have somebody in in the board that's you know um, asking the right questions or or looking out for our community. Yeah. Like, what are some of the decisions that are, like, on the table or or, um, you see people talking about that might impact our communities?
1: Well, um, the only source of water we have to both farming and the municipalities and industry is by way of our allocation through the Colorado River. There's no other way that we can get water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And I think that um, the board itself has evolved over the years uh, because traditionally, the board was uh, run by male farmers, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the the trend started to change when Tony Gallegos uh, ran for the board, uh, who uh, is not a farmer. Uh, And he was elected back in the, I want to say, the early 90s then he left the board and then Rudy Maldonado was elected. and uh he, Rudy is a um a non uh, he's a former employee of IID oh. and then after that uh Stella Mendoza came who was not only the first female but the first Mexican American to to be elected nonetheless you have three people that are really not farmers so the perspective changes mm. um, doesn't mean that that Tony or Rudy or Stella or I included uh, are not uh, pro farming. Um, I, I think that, and I, and many people will tell you, there has never been anybody on the farm more pro farming than I am. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I am not a farmer, you know, and I am not wealthy. Uh, So that sometimes changes the perspective. Uh, And I'm not a man, and that's another issue. Uh, So um, when we look at what my role is, uh, my role is when I took the oath of office, I not only swore to defend unconditionally the Constitution of the state of California, but to also do my duty as a fiduciary of the water that is everybody's water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as much your water who lives in a house with two bedrooms and and you have a cat and a dog and a and a child as it is for the person down the street who is a farmer and farms a thousand acres. There is no distinction in the in the proprietorship of the water mm-hmm. okay And so um, because of the value of the water, not to us as much, because we take it for granted, but what this water is worth, um, say in the metropolitan areas like San Diego, and I, I just talk about Las Vegas because they're, they're the biggest takers. Mm-hmm. Because of what our water is valued, my job is to ensure that we first take care of ourselves and that whatever we have left, we still dedicate that water to developing industry here and to continue farming here instead of selling it and uh, you know, enjoying the, the fruits of, of the sale for a short period of time, but the long-term effects can be just absolutely devastating. So what we are looking at now, Mr. Alejos, is we are looking at a lawsuit that has been brought onto the district by one family. Okay? Um, it, it, it is a, a, a long-established family, a long established family in farming. But this family um portends uh to claim that uh, that our that that this this family's right to the water is over and above in priority than anybody else's rights. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And then the second thing It also uh, exposes the thought and the idea, after Judge Anderholt's ruling, that the IID is the fiduciary of the water, but because the farmers use 97% of this water, they really are the ones that need to be entitled to the ownership and the distribution of the water. Okay? So how do you translate, like you say, to the layman? Well, basically, it's very simple. You have a natural resource that is there to the for the benefit of all of us, that suddenly would become privatized. And when anything is privatized due to our system of capitalism, then it's got to be used for profit. And so then the water takes a totally different value. Mm-hmm. And we look now at how much is this water worth and how much money can we make off of it. Regardless of what the proponents and the supporters of this lawsuit, regardless of what they say, at the end of the day, the water would change hands from the public to the private. And then the private could then determine the price of the water. And it would have uh, a domino effect on all the industry, on all of the jobs that we have here, because again, when you look at what water is worth at this time versus what Vegas is willing to pay for it, it's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's
1: crazy. So my job, is, is I have, uh, seen it and as I have seen it and I see it after having taken the oath of office, is to continue to defend this right that belongs to all of us and to continue to manage it for the benefit of all of us. Including farming and paramount farming is paramount yeah. to our livelihood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like eye opening. Like
1: very much. Uh-huh. And let me make a clarification. Uh, even even recently, two days ago, um, I was in a meeting and there were some um, some teachers, all of whom have masters and you know educated people. And the comment that one of them made was, "Well, if you get in, are you going to lower our, our water?" rates. And this just gives me an idea of how detached a lot of us are from the reality, okay? So you can't presume that it's only the laymen that don't know the issues with the water, it's even the educated people. And that's perfectly fine. They're busy out there working, they're busy educating our kids, and they're they're, they're trying to live their life. But this is the deal. We have nothing to do, IID has nothing to do with the price of water that you are paying here in Calexico. Absolutely nothing, yeah. other than we have made this water extremely affordable to you as a city. We lowered the price by 75%, the the actual cost of the acre foot of water, about three years ago. So all of a sudden, the city finds itself saving well over a quarter of a million dollars, and yet then they come back and try to to tell you that they need to, raise the price of water significantly to uh to improve the infrastructure i have issues with that and i have issues with the city council that wants to do that and i'll tell you why first of all there was never uh uh, even an acknowledgement by the city council that these rates were lowered Mm -hmm. from 83 dollars to 20 dollars an acre foot that's significant okay secondly infrastructure why doesn't the the, the city council look more at at um, making sure that all the lights are up, that there's security in the city, that the police force get enlarged or go back to its original numbers, that the roads get fixed. Why do you have to look at infrastructure from the inside out? Mm-hmm. at On the back of the ratepayers. Mm-hmm. Those And if I were a, a dweller here in Calexico, I would be absolutely up in arms on this.
0: Because what, what I heard was that the... Since uh, I guess our facilities were so out of date that it was costing them more money to maintain them to the...
1: Yes, but you know, with the savings of us having lowered the price of water, there is your savings already.
0: Yeah.
1: See? So, from one... D- and and I, we're being televised, right? No, it's no, not. No, we're either. not. Okay. No. So, let me give you an analogy of what... Excuse me. Of what a uh, an acre foot of water is. That's the unit of measure that we use. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you think of Calexico High School's football field, Mm -hmm. all of the parameters of it, okay, that would be an acre, Mm -hmm. okay? And if you fill that up 12 inches high, which is one foot with water, that is your acre foot. Uh The great majority of us do not use more than an acre foot to an acre foot and a half of water on an annual basis, all right? And yet we're selling this to the city for $20, now, I don't know how much you're paying, but I would assume you're paying about $100 a month for your, pot, for your water. And that they, they want to raise it to $140? i am not sure what the uh, fees are. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure. Okay. So just imagine, all of a sudden, you're paying, let's say the city, for, for the sake of argument, is using 100 acre feet of water to supply water to the city. At $80 a, uh, an acre foot, 80 times 100 is what? $80,000, right? Mm-hmm. Then suddenly that drops to 20 So all of a sudden, you're paying, you go from paying $80,000 for the water to paying $20,000 for it. What are you going to do with those $60,000? Shouldn't that have been your infrastructure project?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, and this is, and and, and you know what? I consider myself a representative of all people. Mm -hmm. And who am I to judge or criticize the city council? But the city council needs to look at this. And your city manager needs to look at this. So have enough respect for the people to say, we just want to raise the water prices because we have to pay more for outsourcing the water and sewer, which, by the way, were jobs that Calixco once had, and now those jobs are gone, okay, because we're subcontracting it with somebody else. And we want to do this, that, and the other on your back. Then people will at least know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. But but these are the issues. These are the issues. And so my job is, number one, to continue to to provide the water as cheaply as possible and to make sure that you have as much right to the water as the farmer down the street in perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. And, I
0: mean, going back to the, you know, this, this is really, um, um, you know, good information. I hope everybody, like, glistens and really... Pay tensions cuz it's 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 big it's not um um it's not like cents it's a, it's a big amount of, of money that will be coming out of uh out of our pockets and if,
1: and, and then there there are two sides to, there are two two side, two parts to this this issue that we haven't touched on the second one mm-hmm. again let's backtrack when the district was founded we are we were given by nature what we call gravity flow which is when the, when the American Canal was, was constructed and the water was diverted from the Colorado River to come down to the valley, it's, it, it doesn't have to be pumped. It just flows Naturally. downhill. So we said, well, what happens when water drops? We can create hydroelectric power. So we became a power company, and, and we are a publicly owned uh, uh, power company. Okay, <clears throat> but it's a result of the water. So the less water that's flowing through our canals, the less power we're going to be able to generate. Now, the other issue is that the powers that want to be, not the powers that be, but I say the, the powers that want to be, who are the powers that would like to gain control of the water, they don't care about the, 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 the energy part. And what this would do is it would bifurcate the district. In other words, it would split it in half. And and then more than likely, a municipal water district would be created that would answer to its stakeholders and to its board of directors who in turn are there to make profit out of the water. So what happens to the power and your power rates? Then a company like Cal Edison or SDG&E or, or U.S. Electric, any of those companies, they would come in and take over our power. And guess what that would do to your power rates? Yeah. See? I mean so uh, people people need to look at this as from a holistic perspective yeah
0: yeah because I mean we use a lot of electricity like especially during and the and we create
1: it yeah now it, it's really hard to convince people when you say we have the lowest rates in California and we do especially when in the middle of August right yeah but again if you take your house let's say your house for the sake of argument is 2400 square foot and in the middle of August, your bill comes in because you've had that AC going, you, you know, you're watering extra and all, and your bill is three hundred dollars. For the sake of argument, that very same house, very same size, same number of people living, every all the dynamics the same. On the other side of Washington Street in in Coachella or in San Diego would be paying seven hundred dollars uh, a month. Yeah, and that's how we can compare. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, because people's like in the summer they get a three hundred dollar oh, yeah. light bill and they're like freaking out. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. in reality, is like, it's, I mean, if you compare it, like you say, it's yes, it's cheap. Yes.
1: And these other companies, of course, because we're publicly owned, we don't run it for profit. The other companies that would come in and take over have to answer to their stakeholders. So you know what? Your annual rate increases are a given it's the bottom line you have to deal with issues of natural disasters and infrastructure and suddenly they have all of that will be factored into that budget so yes it's it's a very serious thing and so um you know i i i love my community um i love my teachers my students and i complain every summer about how darn hot it is (laughs) but you know what there is no place better to raise a family to live and work than it is here. And by golly, I am going to do everything I can to try to maintain whatever it is we have here. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we're very fortunate.
0: What's your, your slogan? You can't...
1: Experience matters. That's one of them. And also, uh, I think experience matters is a major one. Uh,
0: I think it's, there's no substitute for experience. There is no
1: substitute for experience. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yes, and 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 by that I need to quantify it as as uh, historical knowledge, okay, work knowledge, and six years of experience on the board. Mm. Yeah. Because anybody can say you're you're quote unquote educated, okay. We all have degrees; some of us less than others, some of us more than others. Uh, we all say that that we love the ag industry. That we, you know, what it's very kosher to say that you. <laughs> It's sort of like the, new, the newborn, what is it called, the, the, the born-again farm workers. That Now all of the Chicanos and, and even others, they, oh, yeah, you know, my dad was a farm worker. They don't know Diddy squad yeah. about picking up a hole and working all day weeding those fields. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Let me tell you that they don't. Yeah. But it's very romantic now, right? <laughs> it's very sexy. Yeah. Um, and so it's also very sexy <laughs> to say, oh, yeah, you know, I've worked in agriculture. Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, on, on, yeah. You sit in your truck air conditioned, yeah. you know, or, or you're or you're a contractor that that's a middleman that still pays the farm workers eighty dollars a day and you're making three hundred dollars for hiring them. Give me a break. Yeah. You know? Uh but but having said so much, oh yeah, very rarely do the people that tell you they have experience in ag will tell you, I pitch watermelons in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. No. I worked for uh, Black Dog Farms or I worked for Joe Majo and I was in their accounting department or I was in the packing shed. Give me a break, man. You know, um, if you were not in the field sweating it, you have not worked in agriculture. It's the bottom line.
0: And um, to me, like just speaking, speaking to you today, it's like, you know, I don't know if you're just you know putting pulling names out of the air, but like <laughs> when you say all these names, like it seems to me like you've done your research. You know uh-huh. all the, the you know the history of I of do. The IID, like, I do. So like, I mean, to me, it's like um, you 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 can you you can really voucher on that experience. You know, like you can really say like, yeah, I have experience, or or because not only have you been on the board for you know for a while now. But, like, you've done your homework, you've done your research, you know.
1: Yes, and, you know, a lot of this knowledge, the historical knowledge, it comes from my father. I mean, I remember my father talking about Joe Maggio or, or talking about uh, the Abadis or talking about my father worked for the Menvilles, the Menville brothers. So there's a there, there's a there's a, a, a basic knowledge that I started acquiring back in 1963. And you don't forget a lot of this. You know, mm. uh, there is one incident that I remember so distinctly every time by drive by Anderholt and Jasper Road, because we had just moved to our homestead in, in um, you know, in Calexico when one of the local farmers shot a Mexican guy in the back down the street from his house. And he said it was in self-defense. OK, prominent family. Most of those that family went to school here in Calexico. Uh, and I remember my dad saying, how can you be, how can you shoot someone in the back and say you were defending yourself? Well, obviously nothing ever happened. I mean, after all, there's probably just another Mexican that was whatever, you know, uh, at the risk of sounding, uh, crude, but that's how we've been treated, um, in many, many ways, but not everybody has treated us that way. We have some farming members that are extremely respectful of us and of our labor and of our children and and want us to do better but so it's not really an issue of the bad farmers versus the good farmers it's really an issue of money and greed versus poverty and you're poor because you want to be or if that's all you can do then that's all you can do and that's got to change yeah. You know, because when affirmative action came around, and I would not be here if it weren't for affirmative action. And I've heard people say when they hear me speak, we should have never trained the monkey. Okay? I mean, yeah. So, you know what? Uh, For better or for worse, when we awaken, we're a force to be contended with. And I'm not talking about the ethnicity, I'm talking about the poor. Uneducated or, 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 people, yeah. that suddenly you have access to books, yeah. and my God, watch out!
0: So yeah, going back to that, to the never train the monkey. Ha, yeah, you know, um you're really outspoken. You're really like very como decimos tiene pelos en, en la lengua. <laughs> um, you know, have have you gotten any backlash because of that? Like
1: absolutely, absolutely, and the, I think the biggest backlash I have is just because outspoken women are not accepted even by outspoken men mm-hmm. okay uh, because I have said things take for example my last forum okay no my first forum uh, a couple of the would-be supporters got up and left in the middle of the forum and said uh, I was disgusted by your by your comments um, and, and you know that that bothered me because I I like these people. I love these people. And and you never want to disappoint the people you love. Had I been a guy saying what I said? You know what they would have said? He really knows what he's talking about. Boy, he gave it to him. See? So I'm always going to have to contend with this. I've always contended with this. Uh, But I'm 67 years old, even though I still look like I'm 66. (laughs) So I... I, um, I I don't have time to pussyfoot around. I do try to be as diplomatic as I can uh, when the the need calls for it. Um, And, um, you know, but you have to call them as you see them because sometimes you are talking to the masses and that's what the masses understand. And actually, at the end of the day, that's what people appreciate. They will see that you're not really trying to to offend anybody, but you know what? La verdad ofende. ¿Cómo? La verdad no ofende, pero incomoda. Okay? So the truth is going to make you uneasy either way you look at it. If it didn't make you uneasy, you can give, you know, flying patoot about what, what is said. Mm. Um, so, agarra fama y acuéstate a dormir. You know, I'm already seen as that and, and a lot of people say, ah, oh, that's what I love about you, but they'll never these people will never acknowledge my friendship in public. Mm. They don't want to be seen with me. There, But, you know, I get all these texts, oh, you were great, you were this. You know, but but yeah. it, it's just, it's not a kosher thing. Um, and, you know, I've tried not to cuss in public anymore, and I'm doing pretty good with <laughs> that. Uh, you know, I've tried to also not... Uh, not mention names unless I am very sure of the of the um, no, uh, you're, of, you're the, right of the, the information and all. But the truth is out there, and it's it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I suffer quite a bit for this. But at the end of the day, um, what I say is my truth. It's every, it's a lot of people's truths. Nothing is embellished, and it is all with the intention of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, going back to um, what you said, that like you got your your kind of like your start Ooh. in high school, like or yeah. like middle school, yeah. in the '60s. Um, comparing, you know, the the young people's movement to the '60s to now to where like uh, um, the what's it called that school in in, in, in Florida? Um,
1: oh yes, uh huh. Where they had the park park parkland, uh
0: huh. Um, I mean, do you see any similarities in, in, in you know? Um, in the involvement um, you know a lot of young people are starting to you know um, speak up starting to maybe we're going to see I think you're going to see in these midterms if you know all these young people that didn't vote or don't normally vote in in, in midterms do you think that we're going to see a a change now that you know all these kids or these young people are are, you know starting to like kind of like create a woman do you think you know
1: you know, I I, uh, I don't know. Um, change is inevitable. Yes, we know that. But from seeing what I see in my community here in Calexico, it's not changing. Um, it's amazing how little people know about anything, okay? And that is very frustrating to me as a teacher. Um, but it goes, you know, we have a tendency to to, for one reason or another, to create uh, groups of people and then label them. You know, we're the baby boomers. Then came Generation X, I think, and then came whatever is now. Yeah, and then now it's the the millennials. Uh, The millennials have really been blamed for a lot. And one of the things that millennials have been blamed for is not being politically engaged. Um, And that had the millennials been engaged... The way other generations have in the past, we would not have had uh, the results that we did uh, in the last no in the last presidential election. Okay, uh, I don't know. I I don't know whether that is the answer or not. What I do know is that the young people that are becoming engaged. Are becoming engaged because they have to feel it's like you have to feel a personal tragedy before you become engaged. So you're actually being reactive rather than active. Had these kids never been shot, who knows where they'd be? They'd probably be still be on their cell phones and you know looking up what Kim, Kim Kardashian is wearing today. So uh, that that's a tough one. Um, and 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 they but. The ones that are becoming engaged, if they become consistent in their message, then they're going to have an impact. But we have a tendency, again, as human beings, to react and to blow up and do this, and then it all goes down the river two or three years later. Yeah. So I don't know. What I do know is that I do not see enough young people standing up to the hatred that is being uh uh perpetrated by uh the 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 public figures, whether they'd be in entertainment or in politics or in anything, uh, that they're not standing up firmly enough to the hatred, to the misogyny uh, and, and to the racism. Uh, you know um I was just telling my husband last night that what if all of the Mexicans on the other side of the border, decided not to come to the U.S. for two days only. What would that do? But you know, we don't have that conscience. Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of us don't have that conscience. So how do the young people fit in? Maybe if the cell companies, the telephone cell companies uh, went offline for a a month and the kids had to go back to the real life, maybe we would create some, some sensitivity, yeah. but I, ah, it looks bleak to me just from, from what I see with my own students.
0: And now that you mentioned the, you know, um, you know, people from across the border. Not yes. Coming, um, something that I don't want to get political, but it's because, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because I don't hear people talking about it. And even though it's a far fetched thing that, you know, it, it probably won't happen, but it, This person's putting it out there where, oh, I'm going to close the borders. You know.
1: You mean on the U.S. side?
0: uh Uh-huh. Like Uh letting people Mm -hmm. come in. Yeah. You you might know who I'm talking about. I do.
1: And let me tell you, we're already here. Nimolo, We're already here. We're not going anywhere. But the thing is
0: that, no, no. What what I'm saying is that I don't hear people, you know, bringing it up as a conversation. No. no. Especially here in the sense that, you know. Um, if you think about it, like I said, it's, it's a far fetched thing. It's, he's just, you know, throwing stuff out there and seeing what, what sticks. Right. But if it would happen, you know, the impact it would have on our community,
1: you know, on our Valley, it would be like something devastating. Yeah. But it takes devastating circumstances Mm -hmm. for people to wake up and smell the coffee. Okay, so you live in Mexicali, I'm going to buy my pollo, I'm going to buy the you know, because we're so enamored with American products mm-hmm. and they are better and they are cheaper. But you know what? They're not the only ones. And sometimes we have to sacrifice. Now, I think that, that the issue also is, and it really, but then again, this is one honest man's opinion, is that the caravan, as we know it, there aren't any Mexicans in there, really. So what what do the Mexicans care? You know, the Mexicans are not really engaged. Now, they may be, but I'm not seeing it. Mm. I'm not seeing it in the Mexican news media other than your regular coverage. Mm. See? So if you cannot relate to the plight of of people who have lived and are living under very oppressive circumstances where they 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 they, they they're facing death and 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 corruption day in and day out. We, if we cannot relate and have that empathy, then we're not gonna become engaged, see? What I can tell you is one thing that worries the snot out of me, and that is when the President said that if someone throws a rock, oh. that we will fire. Well, you know what that means? That's an act of war. And we've never thought of, well, I shouldn't say never, in our time, of going to war with Mexico. We go to war with Mexico in words and, 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 and diatribe, but not when it comes to guns. Actual, uh. That scares the crap out of me, yeah. you know? And that's where we are. Mm-hmm. That's where we are.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I hate because um, there's a... Well, I, I, something that I wanted to ask you, like, do you feel like the political environment is more riled up now where like it's either you're on this side or on this side and if you're not on my side absolutely there's a line absolutely
1: absolutely it's very divisive okay um and it's 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 up or down black or white right or wrong um and uh neither party in my opinion is doing much to alleviate it yeah yeah, I feel uh, one way. party is doing everything to exacerbate it, and the other party, the compassionate party, they're sitting there rolling. You know, they're just rolling and saying, Oh, gee, let's have compassion. Let's do this. Let's, you know, it's going to get better. Bullshit. Yeah. It's not going to get better. It's got to get really bad before it does get better. Mm. But what this political climate is doing, I see it every day. I see it in my kids. I see it on my f- dear friends that post on Facebook. That th- there are two things. One is the outright hatred, and the other is a denial. And both of them are very, very dangerous yeah. and very destructive. Yeah. You
0: yeah. I, I stopped putting, uh, posting political stuff on because oh, yeah. it was yeah. just, I mean, yeah. it's just ugly. It's yeah. ugly. It, it, eh. it,
1: yeah. Eh. The, the yeah. only thing that I did a couple of days ago, um, I posted something that I, I read uh, which was mentioned by a Native American leader um, because, you know, they were talking about pro-president, anti-president, blah, 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 and I said uh, the right wing and the left wing belong to the same bird. I didn't get any negative post on that, and it's kind of hard to argue that. Yeah. Uh, but – um. Somebody wrote, yeah, but if you wing the bird on the left wing, you can still fly or some such thing. Well, you know what? Uh, emotion. And and another thing that troubles me is how much, quote-unquote, the economy means to people and how much we're giving up just to have a job that pays $20 an hour yeah. without any regard for other people that aren't making that, without any regard for the environment, without any regard yeah. for anything else, exactly. it's me, 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 me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we've 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 given up our our morals and everything for everything. for everything, for everything. Mo- uh-huh. money and, and 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 yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and because I was I was listening to um, there's this podcast I listen. It's called The Daily. It's done by the New York Times, and they did a special on I can't remember the lady's name. She's a uh, Democrat. So, but uh, she was a Democrat who was pro-life uh-huh. and, and she, she tried to pass this law and it went through, blah, blah, blah. but afterwards she got so much hate from her own party. Yes. And it's yes. like, it's crazy that it's like, uh, this is the Democratic party and this is what we believe. And if you don't believe in one of them, like you're.
1: It really limits your ability to exercise what your own personal beliefs are. Um, you know, and, and I have come across friends of mine um, who will, I mean, they are working towards a particular goal, whether it's going to take, say, uh, this election cycle and another election cycle and so on, but they're, they're doing what they're doing in a very calculated manner because all that matters to them is to elect pro life candidates okay so if you have a candidate that is say a city council candidate that is exceptionally proficient in the city council business that knows about how to move the city forward and 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 all of this has nothing to do whether you believe in killing babies or not okay but because they know that this person may be pro-life, they're out to destroy that person's yeah. career. Yeah. You know, where have our respect and our values gone? And how can we, I mean, what we're saying is everything that we do has got to be based on whether I agree with you fundamentally on one thing or not. You know? And that is, is totally against what our country was founded because our country, our country was founded on discourse and 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 uh, you know on, on argument and and there, there will never, not for a long time, be another William F. Buckley Jr. and Gore Vidal. They, you talk about the left wing and the right wing of the bird, and yet they were civil, they were respectful, they couldn't. I don't think that there was anything they ever agreed on, and yet. They'd walk out and didn't want to kill each other. And over and above that, they did not inflame their base. Yeah. And right now, all we're doing is—I. It must be all this pent-up anger that we've had over generations that is inflaming us. And we, at the end of the day, don't care. Yeah. You know. So it, it, it's and it's very hard to maintain uh, composure and and a diplomatic uh, demeanor. When, uh, things are around you are just exploding left and right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And then like you said, it's, it's both sides. It's not, it is, it's not it, only is. One thing. it is, it mm-hmm. is. And it's, it's sad and scary. It's and very
1: scary. And I think oh, what my son is going to be 36 years old. I've done what I think a relatively moderate to good job in raising my boy. But you got little ones. Mm-hmm. what are you going to teach your kids and how what are they going to be facing ten years from now when they're eighteen and, and can vote mm-hmm. what are what are they going to inherit from this mess? Hatred, misogyny, racism, hatred t- towards poor people you know yeah. greed but, I don't know it's it's a tough one,
0: yeah, and the thing is that it's on t v every day, you know of like, course, but of course. you can't really. Escape it. It's,
1: but remember, you can. You can yeah. because you can shut down the TV. And it is. It's it's very easy to blame. But at the end of the day, who is paying the rent? Who has got control over who sits at the dinner table with cell phones or not? See?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a
1: lot easier not to. Yeah. Let's agree with that.
0: Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I guess, like, there's a lot of people who are going to argue with you. Like, oh, sure. How are you going to take their, their their technology? How do you can gonna- Tape, you know there that's part of oh
1: sure it's the new wave and i'm not denouncing that but this morning i was listening to a report on npr about a school in france i don't know if you listened to it there's a school in france that made the move through their board and administration to take away the kids cell phones oh, yeah, for one month to, to do a study as to what were the repercussions well there were less school fights there was definitely no cyberbullying kids became a lot more sociable they became a lot more engaged they were actually remembering lessons i mean and you know what you cannot argue against facts yeah see
0: and the thing is that it's kind of hard like to me because you know my young my youngest is 10 and you know he doesn't know life without (laughs) technology technology
1: yeah they're wired for it
0: so but there's times where like like he'll bring up facts and i'm like he's lying, right? Or he's just making up. And he's true. Yet I look it up and he's right on me. Where did you hear that? Oh, I was watching uh, this YouTube video or whatever. I'm like... So like, it's like...
1: But but let me interrupt. uh But the thing is, are they facts that are needed for us or are they just facts that it's because you... You need to know the that. The times
0: where he's surprised me is like historical facts. Excellent. Abraham Lincoln. Excellent. Uh, oh, Washington beautiful. Stuff, like beautiful, stuff like that. Yeah. So like that's the times where I can remember where he's like, he's told me something. I'm like, I'm like. So he's, uh, he's, like, yeah. he's
1: engaged. Yeah. And that's the thing as a teacher. I think I have to always give my kids credit. They have a lot of knowledge. It may not be terribly useful knowledge, but they have a lot of knowledge. and uh, And, you know, but. Here I am when I give the kids uh, a pretest on wars. And I ask them, uh, name me three big wars in the world. And inevitably, straight across the board, the first one they mention is the Cold War. Which is not even a war, okay? And so to go back and try to teach that, that's really hard. Uh, Once in a while, I do have this one student that graduated last year. When I asked if anybody knew what the name of the plane that dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki was, one student knew it. Not only did she know it, but she knew who the plane, what the name meant. And I got on my knees and said, there is a God, because (laughs) out of this one kid that knows all this history, something's going to come out. Yeah. But but I think we do have to be uh, accepting of the fact that the knowledge that kids need now is not the knowledge that you and I needed, mm. you know? It would be wonderful. But mm. you know what? Everything comes full circle. There will come a time when kids are going to need to know what happened during the Dark Ages and what happened during the, the Renaissance and so on. It's not happening now, and it's not going to for a while. But we always make that full circle.
0: Yeah, uh- and it's crazy because um, I was watching, I can't remember what news, whatever, that there was a, I think it was like a smallpox epidemic in, I think in England or somewhere. it uh-huh. was like, you're going back to, like, and and sometimes it's because people, like, don't want to, you know, you know, these, I don't know, what do you call these people that don't feel vaccines are...
1: <laughs> yes, that's a whole different issue. Yes. Yeah. But you know what giving credit where credit is due, it's my understanding that it isn't that they that they are against the vaccinations. They are against the way that vaccinations are administered. And if you read all the research that Joseph Kennedy has done on vaccinations, out of the there are very there's a handful of of companies in the world, but in the United States in particular, that are totally protected by the U.S. government for what they do and don't do and how they do it, it is the, the companies that make vaccines. Mm. Yeah. So what the argument by a lot of these folks is, a lot is not as good as very little, or very little is as good as a lot. And so they're trying to prove that these high doses of vaccination that children get um, are causing too many more problems and that a small dose would still immunize the child against a particular disease and maybe not be causing all these autism things. So there's some very sound arguments, okay. you know. Uh, but again, we're more and more fragmented, yeah. you know. And it's uh, I
0: think it has to be allowed with, uh, you know, social media. Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, and going, going back to social media, um, I, I felt that, during June, um, the June elections. Yes, um, you, you use your social media involvement really well. I
1: did. Well, I didn't. I have two very talented people. One of them is a former student, and the other one is a protege. That again, they're wired for it. I wouldn't know how to upload something on Facebook <laughs> more than I would know how to get to China. You know, yeah. uh, but yes, and uh, and that uh, it's amazing oh, I saw you on Instagram or yeah, Facebook I mean, or whatever. I it, saw you on a yeah. daily
0: on Instagram. It's like, oh, this a yes. daily in And, again. and yeah. I don't
1: even, I don't have Instagram, so I don't <laughs> know what that is, you know. Uh, and I don't carry my cell phone with me. Um, um, I, I do check my messages. But that has proven to be, it's been, it's been interesting because um, it's proven to be also, again, a, a conduit for people to vent uh, and there are some people that have come out with some very vile, vile comments. Mm. Yeah. Whether it's true anger towards me or just anger mm. within themselves yeah. in the world, and that's one of the reasons why determined. I stop yeah. doing the
0: Facebook Live thing. Because yes, it's distracting. You, you have a, I have a guest that I try to, you know, talk to, have a conversation, make the person feel comfortable, and and if I'm on f- looking at Facebook like the comments that people are. Uh-huh leave leaving on the comment section and the is doing the same thing you know that's it, it, it makes, distracts it, you it, 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 no not only that but it's uncomfortable like yes like is she seeing all this, this yeah this things the yeah. things that are putting up the people are putting up This like i was like you know what i'm gonna stop doing the yeah. facebook live because yeah. um yeah it's just like you said it's it's a way to vent and it's a way to um people who have free speech which is you know okay but you know at the same time you got to be respectful for you know, wh- whoever is, I don't know, there's limits, I guess.
1: Yeah, and Gilly saw that all the time. Mm-hmm. When Gilly yeah. used to do his podcast, I I, went, I did it twice, and all these comments would come up that were so out of this world. But again, you know, todo mundo se pasa. and and uh, and, and we understand that. So maintaining a balance... Um, is is, uh, is very important. What we did when we got negative comments, and we, we didn't get as many as we thought we might. If they were outright uh, offensive, we pulled them. And I think, I bet you we didn't pull more than two or three of them. Um, if they were just hateful, we answered to them and let them go. Um, and it was interesting because not too long ago, we uh, two or three days ago, we had a, a Hateful comment come up. We didn't know who the person was, so we looked it up. Well, all of these person's friends. First of all, most of them aren't even in the valley, and they are all friends of the opponent. So it goes to show, you know, you take your sides, and there's nothing that's going to do to change. Um, But it is a good forum, and it is part of the future. Uh, How many sixty-year-olds, year-old voters are looking at my ads on Facebook to make a determination? That I don't know. Yeah. But I think as time progresses, in two more years when we have the next election, you might have more than you think until eventually everything may be done through uh, social media. Through, through the so- social media. I mean, that's manifested by the low uh, circulation of newspapers. And you'll say, oh, you know, did you read any of the paper? No, I don't read the paper.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's sad because it it's it's a, it's a solid way of, of putting out information
1: and it's immediate uh, it's yeah. immediate yeah you know?
0: and it's and and it's good it's information that needs to be I mean it's researched information yes. it it's, needs it's, to be disseminated absolutely you know it's not somebody sitting at their de- computer and typing away yeah. what they feel or what you know their thoughts yeah. it's you know factual stuff yeah and 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 I mean that's a lot of the things that um people don't understand or, or look through when they're reading a news article yeah. and, on Facebook you know? yeah. Most of the times it''s, it's you just got to look at who, who it's coming from to know whether it's yeah you know truth or or, or just you know
1: and, and and that goes back again to how we, we we're very trusting and, and I, I'll use my students as an example. I said, okay, you guys need to do a research on uh, who invented the artificial heart Well they hit artificial heart on Google and they get two million hits but you know what? they're not going to go beyond Wikipedia, (laughs) see? So that's where we have to be the ones that teach them to scrutinize. And, okay, read Wikipedia, but then go to hit number 120 and see what that says, and then you'll begin to find opposite views and and opposite uh, types of information. Um, But, again, we live in an instant world. We want instant and immediate rewards. And if you can Google it and it's there even though you're not going to retain it, there it is. Yeah. And that's what we battle, I think, as teachers, is we have to stay. You know, we're expected to teach the kids many things and to at least retain them till they take their, their next test. And, and, boy, that's a challenge, yeah. you know.
0: Um. Turnout, voter uh, turnout. Like, how, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Voter especially turnout, here, especially in the valley. Well,
1: the valley runs on high voter turnout uh, election years. It's between nineteen and twenty-two percent. Don't quote me on it, but it's around that. Uh, we have one hundred and seventy-nine thousand people that live here, and I want to say somewhere between fifty and fifty-five thousand are registered voters. Okay. However this there have been some changes that have been implemented as a result of citizen concerns with the us well, not the us excuse me the county registrar of voters and how things have been done in the past uh, and just uh everything from how the ballots are handled to how slowly the results are being brought to, uh, you know being announced and broadcasted so this committee has brought about a lot of changes, and the county, to its, uh, to its credit, uh, this year they have the little voting mobile unit, and they've been parking it at the street fairs and so on, with the, only with the idea of encouraging pe- more people to vote. So, as of last night, we were discussing the number of people, and there are now, I think, at the registrar's office as we speak, 6,000, approximately 6,000 absentee ballots that have come in. That's a very large number. I think compared to the last election, it was 3,000. Part of it, I think, has got to do with this promotional uh, activity, with this encouragement. But uh, a lot of it also may have to do with the fact that it is a high turnout election. But we are expecting a, a turnout of well over 22%. We'll see.
0: And do you feel it's because of the national thing that, you know, the...
1: Could be, could be. I think uh, everything that happens at at the national level does have a tendency to trickle down locally, you know. Uh, Here in California, we have a gubernatorial race. We have some very serious propositions that are up, that that there are people that are out there, I'm only there to vote no on this proposition or yes, regardless of anything else. Uh, So I think it's a combination of everything. Um, but, you know, uh, starting next year, uh, because a lot of the people choose now to vote absentee, mm. okay? And then our registrar of voters has also made a lot of the precincts mail-in precincts. I used to be I live out in the country, and I used to be able to go to the Barbara Worth Country Club and just vote. And it was, it's like going to the bank and handling your own cash, right? Then about two elections ago, I started getting my absentee ballots, so... Now you got to fill it in and send it in. Okay, $0.68 cents or $0.72. Cents. I can't remember the amount. Starting at the at next year, I want to say 20, 2019, uh, you do not have to put a stamp on your ballot to send it. And today, as we speak, San Diego County Board of Supervisors uh, passed a resolution that if you send your absentee ballot without sufficient postage or without postage at all, That the county will absorb the cost so the ballot is counted. Because we are in an era of voter suppression, okay? And it's very easy for you to say, how could you not come up with 68 cents? Well, you know what? There are some people that can't. And there are people who are going to forget. And there are all kinds of things. Or people that, I I don't want to go to the post office. (laughs) I don't want to go to the post office. And I don't have any stamps now. Mm. So on the one hand, we keep trying to make it easier. On the other hand, we keep making, making it harder. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I think that the, 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 the courts are still working in favor of the voters, of the disenfranchised voters. And at, but, the, but the problem, again, is are they going to vote? Are they going to vote? Are they going to get out and vote? And it's great that they turn out and vote today. Are they going to go out and vote in, in March again? And so on and so forth. And those are issues that we need to continue to address I mean, look at the race in Texas with Beto and or, uh, yeah. and 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 Cruz. You know, for all intents of purposes, if all the people that follow Beto voted, he'd be in a shoo-in. But the you know the the statistics are not in his favor. Yeah. So again, apathy will take you only so far. And I sometimes when I hear people complain, I just say, you know, did you vote? Well, it doesn't make any difference. Well, you know what? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And so, yeah,
0: I think I was for for a long time. I was that type of person where I was like, um, "Why am I gonna vote?" Especially for like my local election. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, it, it's a popularity contest. You know, but um, at the, like, I feel like now I feel like if I go vote and if mm, whoever I voted or or whatever pop I voted for didn't pass, is like, at least I you know.
1: But remember also how you can influence because, yes, to Joe down the street, it may be whether he likes this guy or not. To you, you're going to look at his issues. And you're not only going to vote on his issues, but mm-hmm. you're going to say to your wife, you know what? Think yeah. about this guy. So it's a slow process. It's not an immediate change, mm-hmm. but it does make a difference. Yeah. And in Calexico, where five votes can make a difference, you bet you need to be informed. Yeah. Again, it goes back to where were you when the debates were going on? When were you when candidate so-and-so was standing there talking about, about raising the water rates and where were you, in you know, pinning his butt to the ground and saying this, 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 and that? But it takes work. Yeah. <laughs> it takes work and sometimes due to our own struggles with just life and putting food on the table, we don't do that. But again, we have to make this a priority because... Our country is in very dire, serious situation. This is one of
0: the one of the places where we could... I feel that we could use social media a little bit better. Indeed, um, indeed. Where we can't go, but at the end of the, like somebody did a Facebook live or uh, it's on YouTube. Um, I feel that we. Uh, I feel like I, I feel repetitive because every every guest yes. almost every guest I have I I bring up the same subject where, you know, this kind of uh, venue, the, a podcast. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are really informative, but mm-hmm. people don't, you know, uh, whether it's you rather listen to music, um, but to me it's like I, re- if I'm out walking um, or driving, I rather listen to a podcast, you know, yeah. something that that yeah. I know it's gonna, um, you know, educa- educate my me and something just
1: tell you something. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, if I can't sit down and watch the news, at least for um the the time I'm walking, I'm 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 trying to sure. listen to a podcast that'll inform sure. me in in in, sure. in that sense. And I feel that, you know, that's um we should take advantage of the technology in that sense where, you know,
1: uh, it can work very much in our favor. And you know with the issue with we've got a myriad of, of prepositions. And uh I I'm very scrutinizing them excuse me on those. And a uh, a friend of mine said, well tell me how you're gonna vote on these and I said, yeah, I'll tell you how I'm going to vote on it, but I'm going to tell you why. Okay? Because if I choose to vote yes on something, I'm going to tell you why I think it should be yes versus no. And, and it took me probably a good four to six hours to read everything. Because after I've read it, then I go look at the endorsements. Mm. Okay? So if the Ku Klux Klan is endorsing or the Grand Dragon is endorsing something chances are I'm not going to vote for it, you know? So,
0: yeah, yeah, (laughs)
1: you you know. Um, But again, um, who wants to take the time to read these prepositions? Well, if you're not going to, propositions. If you're not going to do it, at least look at the the groups that are sponsoring Mm. or opposing them. And if you seem to fit, say, with AARP, the, the senior citizens, if it's opposing it, then it's probably something that would affect you Mm -hmm. as a senior citizen and at least use some kind of judgment. I
0: I mean, not 100%, but you're a little bit more, you know.
1: One of the things that just fries my gizzard when I read the ballots is the interpret the translation of the (laughs) ballots into Spanish. Yeah. Oh my God, it's embarrassing and it's misleading. Nobody's taking them to task. Yeah. You know, it is definitely not user-friendly. But, you know that's right. and word of mouth sometimes is the best, the best uh, advertisement. But you all have to have a reason. Well, why are you voting no on this, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah. why are you voting yes? And then if you say it and you fit into that agenda, all power to you.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it could be a, a you know dinner conversation where exactly like, you look at the vote. exactly and like
1: oh yeah, and then there are those that are going to vote directly on the party line, and 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 this is you know if you are a staunch member of a particular party you can have the devil as a candidate but you're going to vote for it because of your loyalty yeah. that you can't change move on uh-huh. yeah go to those that you can be able to change yeah
0: exactly yeah. exactly yeah. um
1: you mentioned gill earlier
0: gilly uh-huh. gilly gilly <laughs> um how do you feel the the involvement of like in especially especially like in local politics you know like gill i uh-huh. have david here um i don't know in other places but you know there's i feel like there's a lot of um Last year we had Ángel um, Esparza, who was uh, also mm-hmm. relatively young. H- how do you feel like um, younger people getting involved in, in like their local politics?
1: Well, uh, let me use Gilly as, as an example. Um, Gilly, in the course of the last three years that he did his pos- podcast, uh, was a diamond in the raw, okay? And the best thing about that is that Gilly learned a lot regardless of what we did or didn't do or agreed or didn't do. Mm-hmm. Gilly learned a lot. And he has enough of an open mind to be able to, to question. And, and maybe he didn't even question it during the podcast, but he went back and researched. And he started to see how sometimes the system was working against him. Personally, I think Gilly was used by people in powerful positions. And Gilly was, is very naive and very good-hearted. And these people were feeding him information so that he... In other words, Gilly was taking out the trash for other people. Mm. Who was getting the, the crap for it? It was Gilly. It wasn't the people that were spiting him on. So I'm glad that he stopped and smelled the coffee and realized, I'm not going to take out your trash. I don't care if you're a supervisor or whether you're the head of this department or not. Because people were living vicariously through him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they were manipulating him. And out of his own kindness... He was doing it. And in the course of that, he made some enemies. Yeah. Okay? But at the end of the day, Gilly learned a tremendous lesson. I think he really found where his place in society is, where his place is in Brawley society, and he decided to become engaged. And anybody that does what Gilly did has got my respect unconditionally 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um my job is when I see these young kids, you know, they're all full of it. My job as a teacher, of course, I never forget that, is to take them aside and say, calmala, calmala, mm-hmm. you know. But that comes with youth. I used to be no different than that. And hopefully they're not going to be so in love with themselves or so, uh, so uh, narcissist that they're not going to listen to you. Young people are like sponges. They suck up the knowledge that you give them. And if they know you're doing it in goodwill... They're going to take it. Yeah. It may take a process, some time. <laughs> but I encourage anybody to, to, to start, you know, but don't take anybody's trash. If somebody comes and tells you, oh, yeah, you know, I want you to attack uh, the supervisor or this because he did, did this and yeah. that. And out of your kindness of your heart, you say, yeah, you know, that guy. You know what? No, you come on my show and you attack him. Yeah. And hopefully Gilly learned something from that because he was used. And uh, but... You know, Gilly is now in a better position. And I have a feeling he's going to win this election. And if he shouldn't win it, he's got his name out there. And only two years from now, he can run again.
0: Yeah, and, and, Well, I interviewed him, um, was it like a month ago? You and, did? Yeah. And, I mean, it's he's a different girl. Very, That's very.
1: He's, he's very used. introverted when you know him personally. You know that. Mm, yeah. You know? Um, and, and when you put him behind a mic or a camera, he... he Turns into is he, he's a Jekyll Hyde?
0: No, but the thing is that um, even after like him behind the mic, uh-huh. he, he's he's like focused. He's
1: now focused. Yeah, he he, he knows yeah. where
0: he's going. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I'm ex, I'm excited for him. Like I am too. Um, hopefully, I am he, too. He wins, and, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's good that you know young people are getting involved. Um, if they, if they don't win, like they already know what you know what it entails, like all the 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 ropes. You know, for the polit- the, the, the candidacy, like um, running, going, um, walking and knocking on doors, talking to people. Like, they already have that knowledge. So in the future, if they want to do it again, you know, they...
1: And we need to put our money where our mouth is because we spew a lot of rhetoric about encouraging young people. But what happens when an 18-year-old files for city council? Oh, he's just a kid, he's not... You know, yeah, you're right. But it is our job to teach him. Que se dé sus chingazos y aprenda. Mm -hmm. You know, let him learn by by hitting himself on the pavement. But you've got to encourage that. You cannot discourage that. Unless it's the Grand Dragon and then maybe you can (laughs) do something about that. Yeah, because
0: at the end of the day, like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that person can become... they will if they they stay
1: focused they will yeah they will
0: they'll they'll all be involved at a a young age and in the future they'll be you know a a great
1: so it's important that they pick some of the seniors uh the senior statesmen locally as their role models and get grandfathered by them and 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 learn the ropes part of being young is i know it all and i know how to do it all by myself well that's not true neither one of them Mm -hmm. is true but if they uh if there are senior uh office holders uh that don't see them as threats but see them as potential uh, uh benefits take them under your wing and teach yeah. them
0: Yeah, and i know? think i think that's one of the things that gilded you know he, yes. he has a lot of people that he's that
1: trusting. mentored him yeah. yeah yeah
0: um yeah and that he trusts that he knows that are you know doing yeah. a, a good for him
1: he's doing so well now that he wears a monkey suit every day and you know, he combs his hair and puts gel on it. Yeah. so, You know, yeah, so. He's, he's
0: a totally different guy. And and I was yeah. talking to him last night, and, you know, uh, yeah, we're both excited to see what happens. It's good. Yeah, he's it's like, good. I want it to be Tuesday already just to, you know, get it out of the uh-huh. way and whatever happens, happens. Welcome to but, the new world, Gilly. Yeah. So, you know, we're already an hour and 15 minutes in. Oh, my God. It or not, okay. Um, you know, we touched a lot of topics. Um, I feel like you're a very knowledgeable person. Um,
1: not about technology, Mr. Alejos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I try not to um, be, you know, uh, uh, like, put on my, uh, especially on my podcast, put out, you know.
1: Uh, Antagonistic or... or. Or
0: just like say like, oh, you know, well, wo- for this person, um, because, you know, I, I'm just here for the information for uh-huh. the people out uh-huh. in, in, in the valley in uh-huh. Calexico. Um, but, you know, this this Tuesday, you know, we're, we're, we're having the elections. Um, you know, at least you already heard the people out there heard your story, heard where you're coming from, heard what your thoughts and 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 where your plans are for I- ID, and maybe they'll have a better um, understanding of what it is you know to vote for an ID candidate, and yes. and they'll take um, into consideration you know both candidates and and see what. I I don't know, Mr. sadawasa personally. Um,
1: he if, would would he not come on your podcast? Um.
0: Yeah, but I didn't reach out, or I, yeah. I was busy these oh, couple of okay. weeks. Um. Um and it's kinda hard for me, like um yeah. You yeah. Know, like you said, like I can't go to a debate because you know I have my taking my kids to practice. Oh, sure. So sure. this is um Saturday mornings is my only window of opportunity right. to do this because right. I have to go home after this and edit and stuff like that. Oh sure. So it's it's a process. Um but I mean I am sure that if they wanna reach out to him, like he'll he'll talk to people sure. who are still undecided. Um, but anything else you would like to add? Yes,
1: well, I would like to to conclude with a couple of of thoughts. First of all, uh, thank you unconditionally for allowing me to come. Um, And you yourself has come a long way in in evolving as far as your interview processes. So it can only get better, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I suggest that since we lost Gilly, you're the only one (laughs) doing this, that you stick with it. Uh, you stick with it and uh, and 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 a year from now we're really gonna be able to see how not only your program has evolved, but how you yourself mm-hmm. have evolved. Okay, having said so much, um, uh, I, I think that that uh, my closing statement has got to be that anybody in Imperial County who lives here and who uses water has got to be very, very aware of the implications of what we are facing if this lawsuit that the farming family made would stand, okay? Um, And I want you to think about a couple of things. The great majority of you listening, if you are, I would hope have gone through Blythe and Palo Verde. When you drive through Blythe, you have a grocery store, you've got a couple of Dollar Tree stores, you've got a myriad of of gas stations, and then you've got a Starbucks and maybe a Pizza Hut and a McDonald's. Blythe, 40 years ago, was a thriving community like El Centro. But when the farmers in Blythe chose to sell the water, everything started shutting down. So much so that when you drive through the main street, you still see old stores that are boarded up. So what happens when this occurs? People move out. People cannot... Can no longer sustain. They don't have a way, jobs to sustain them. Is that likely to happen here in the valley over my dead body if I have anything to say? But it could very well happen if things go in favor of privatizing the water, which means changing the way the water is administered and 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 uh, and run to a private party, okay? And then, of course, that would also have repercussions on the um, on, on the power side. Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, uh, Carlos Zaragoza. Um, one of the things that I encourage uh, voters is find out where a, a candidate stands. Ask him or her, where do you stand on this issue? What Carlos Aragosa is going to do is tell you uh, in many ways that he's not willing to take a position uh, because he says it's in the courts, I'll let the courts decide. The reality is he's not willing to take a position because he is being funded private, privately and otherwise by the people whose interests are to get a hold of the water. It's that simple. Carlos Aragosa did not file to run for this until the last day of the filing date. He had been vacillating whether to do school board first, then he thought of, of assessor, then he thought of board of supervisor. What kind of dedication can a person have when you're wondering, well, okay, am I going to eat at, uh, at, at at Carino's or at Grasso's or at Olive Garden? Well, you know what? No, you have to have some dedication. And my concern is that his alliance to Ronnie Lime Gruber and to Imperial Valley First, who are the ones that really want this lawsuit to to stand, is going to add... More, if he were to be elected, it's going to add more uh, fragmentation to an already fragmented board, and it's going to create more chaos, and in the end, it's going to hurt the residents of Imperial Valley. So please, when you look at the issue, just look at a simple issue, dear voters. Do you want the water to be run and administered, the delivery of water, to be run and administered by the board that has taken an oath to be loyal and preserve it under the California uh, Constitution? Or do you want a group of people who want to use the water for purposes of making a profit, not for the community, but for themselves? If you can make that distinction, the vote is very clear. And I thank you for allowing me to make to try to make these points.
0: You're welcome, and um, well, thank you for being here. Hey, uh, it's it's. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you'll be back. Um I would like to talk some more. Um, I know you have a lot of history in the valley. Um,
1: I do. Um, I'm. You're, I'm very loyal. You're a, you you're a
0: great storyteller, just like yeah. John Moreno. You know, you guys have. You yeah. Know, I'll go to your classroom and fix something, and and we'll talk about something, and it'll be a while, and you know, you have you're a great storyteller, so. Um, I you think know, we had
1: very lonely childhood, so our imaginations really soared, <laughs> you know.
0: You didn't, have, you didn't have social media, that's why. There you go. <laughs> that's yeah, why. there you
1: go. Uh-huh. But,
0: yeah, once again, thank you, and um, thank you for the listeners. Thank you for, uh, to Calexico Brewing okay. Company for allowing me to record here once again. Um, you know, make sure you stop by and, and grab a pint, drink local. Um,
1: you know, um, I love, uh, I'm going to put it in, I love the humble farmer at the north end, and uh, this is my South End. And how cool is it to be able to walk into a beer shop at 10 in the morning? I mean, you know, there's you know, perks to this.
0: You know, the, the good thing about, you know, our local brewer, brewers are they're really, uh, you know, technical. The tech, t- uh-huh. they, they and they're to, young
1: kids. Yeah. And I love this. Entrepreneurship is wonderful. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing a great job at, at bringing that community uh, vibe into, into our valley. Um, and, yeah, once again, thank you to them. Um, thank you for listeners. And don't forget, you can be a sponsor of the podcast if you really like the podcast. Um, go to my anchor page. You can donate a dollar a month, five dollars, whatever you want. Um, it'll help me get better equipment. But uh, yeah, make sure to go to my anchor page. Um, go to my Facebook page. I, lo- I post a lot of you know upcoming interviews there. Um, and yeah, don't forget to vote this November sixth.
1: And let me just add that I think that this can be a very good conduit for just community information whether it's an election year or not. Yeah, I mean, right now... now, So I would encourage you to have all of the people that are trying to raise the water rates here in Calexico come and try to justify it to the community why they need to raise the water rates. Yeah,
0: they're more than welcome. There
1: you go, starting Um, with Mr. Dale. Okay. Okay. Mr.
0: Dale... Hit me up if you want to come by. There you go. Um, we'll buy yeah. you a
1: beer so you can convince me that I am that I can pay more for the water. Exactly. Even though you're buying it and, for less. And it'll probably
0: raise my beer prices too because, you know, they use water. <laughs> hey. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Peace.